Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I, I want to thank you for checking out our podcast, and I want to encourage you to check out our website. On there we have all of our upcoming events, in-person services, gatherings all over the place, and if you're looking for a church in the MacArthur region, check it out. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, it's all there. We'd love to get to know you. Let's get to the podcast. Well, happy Mother's Day. A very special happy Mother's Day to all the mums in our church and those of you who are watching our service today. And a very special, special happy Mother's Day to my mum, Leisha, and my mother-in-law, Sylvia. They are strong. They are caring mums in my life, and I am so grateful for them. And we can all say that we wouldn't be here without our mums, hey? So when the Bible says to give honor where honor is due, that is what we are doing today. We are honoring the mothers in our lives and we are telling them that we appreciate them. We care for them. We see them and we thank them and we love them. We love you mums. And, you know, I know um, the reality that for some Mother's Day may not be so pleasant. Uh, For some, it can be a painful reminder of of loss or grief, perhaps unhealthy relationships, or even the desire to be a mum that is yet to be fulfilled. And for anyone who may be feeling this way, I pray that you would take some time today and draw near to our Lord and Saviour because he is our comfort. He knows the ins and outs of where you are at and how you are feeling. And I pray that you would draw near to him and let his love and his spirit wash over you today. Amen. Nevertheless, it is Mother's Day and I am honored to be sharing the word with you today. I can pre-warn you that it is not the Proverbs 31 or a Martha and Mary message. They are important. Absolutely. Um, But today I want to speak from 1 Samuel and the story of Hannah. And look, even if you're not a mother, um, you're one of the guys in our church, I pray that you would still hear and take hold of the word today. I'm praying that it encourages you in the faith as much as it does for our mums. All right, well, we find the story of Hannah in the first book of Samuel, starting from chapter one. And for those of you who do not know, the books of Samuel show a change in the leadership of Israel from having judges to kings. Samuel is the last judge of Israel, but he was also the first prophet to be raised up by God. He was an important person and role within the Old Testament. But just like us, just like you and me, he got there from his mum. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation today, and I'm actually going to go through the whole chapter and then we'll pull it apart. Test my speaking of these names. Hey, Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah and each to her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would only give her one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. 
So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after the year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and she went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you would look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the Lord of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. The entire family got up the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshipped the Lord there. What a great story. It is actually one of my favorite Bible stories. <laughs> it really is. And I want to talk about three things that we can learn from Henna. Firstly, Henna prayed. Henna took her needs her requests, her distress, and what was troubling her. And she prayed to God about it. You see, Hannah was unable to have children. And in those times, it was viewed as a disgrace if a married woman was not able to have children. And not only that, her husband's other wife, and 
it was totally legal for a man to have more than one wife and it was actually a sign of affluence, would you believe it or not? But she was able to have children and she kept rubbing it in Hannah's face. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever experienced someone that has something that you cannot have and they are not sympathetic to you at all. And in fact, they like to tell you about it all the time and rub it in your face. Year after year, the Bible says, Peninnah was unkind to Hannah, so much so that Hannah was reduced to tears and unable to eat. Talk about unfair. Talk about heartbreaking. Verse 9 says, Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and she went to pray. In the NIV version, it says she stood up. Hannah did not just sit there in her sorrow and her heartbreak. No, she got up and she went to God. She went to pray. And I wonder, when we are experiencing hurt and disappointment, perhaps even unkind treatment from someone in our lives, whatever it may be, do we get up and go to God? Or do we just continue to sit there and wallow and have a pity party? Hannah, she could have stayed where she was, allowing Panana to taunt her continually, not eating, feeling really sorry about her situation and herself. And actually, I feel like she was totally justified to do so. But Hannah, she was at Shiloh for the purpose of worshipping and spending time with God. But she got up and she took what she was carrying and she gave it and laid it all out to God in prayer. Verses 10 to 11 says, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for an entire lifetime. And as a sign, he will be dedicated to the Lord. His hair will never be cut. Do we pray? Do we take our needs, our distress, our deepest desires to God in prayer? Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. I don't know if you have ever found yourself in that place, uh, a place of great anguish and sorrow where you feel that your whole world is falling apart. And I actually found this story of Hannah when I was in that place of sorrow. You see, it is Mother's Day. And unfortunately, I know the pain and disappointment of being on that day when others are celebrating. You see, before Elliot was born, Simon and I heartbreakingly experienced a miscarriage. Um, it completely rocked us to our core. It was such a horrible experience. And honestly, I wouldn't wish that experience upon anyone. But unfortunately, it is very, very common. However... It was by God's grace and his kindness that he blessed us with our two beautiful boys, Elliot and Roger. 
But it was during that time that I dived deep into prayer and into God's word and found hope reading the story of Hannah. You see, when we're going through something, something big, something life-changing, something heartbreaking, I urge you to run to Jesus. Run to what he says to you in the pages of the Bible and find your comfort and what you need to hold on to until you have more strength again. My favorite, favorite verse in Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Pray, be like Hannah and get up and go to God. Tell him everything and don't be worried about what others may think of you. Even the priest thought Hannah was drunk and that didn't stop her. Pray, give it to God. Secondly, Hannah trusted God. In verse 17 to 18, it says, In that case, Eli said, Go in peace. May the Lord of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. And then she went back and began to eat again and was no longer sad. Hannah prayed, but then she got up and she got on with her day. She went back to her family, back to her home. She began eating again. And she trusted that her pain and her heartache was in the, in the hands of God. How many times do we go to God in prayer? I'm so guilty of this, but how many times do we go to God in prayer, fully intending to leave our needs and our worries with him, but then we get up and we continue to worry and we overanalyze it again and again in our minds. And then we end up having this tug of war wrestle with God over trusting whose hands have we really placed our needs within. Have we fully given our needs to God, trusting that he can work all things out for the good, for those who love him, like it says in Romans 8, 28? Or have we just purely vented to God in prayer, and place no trust in his divine ability to comfort us and to provide for our needs. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. All your heart. Not just a two-minute prayer. Not just to soothe that voice in your head that says, Oh, I better pray about this because it's the Christian thing to do. All of your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. Give it to God and then leave it with him. Trust him and get up and get on with your day. Now, I know you're listening and you're sitting there and you're thinking, Maria, it is easy for you to say that. It's easier said than done, as the quote says, right? And absolutely, I agree with you. When I was in that place of horrible pain with the miscarriage, it was very very hard to trust God. I was that person that was seeking to know why God, why? And I couldn't believe that I was walking this path. Haven't I served you with my life, God? Haven't I tithed every week? You know, I was just like, oh my goodness, what is happening? But something I learned during that time came when I did fall pregnant with Elliot after the miscarriage. 
And now that was a time of anxiety. Yeah, I was so anxious, Simon was too, that I was going to miscarry again. But what I learned is what I believe the key is to trust in God with the very deepest and vulnerable desires we have. And that is to know what he says in his word, to know his promises. And then to pray. Pray a lot. And not just pray like like venting is important, but not just to pray venting prayers, but to actually pray his own words over and over and over until I can get up and get on with peace and carry on. In Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Simon and I wrote out a list of Bible verses and every single time we felt uneasy, every time we started to feel anxious, we, oh, every time we began to tug our worries of the miscarriage out of God's hands, we would say these Bible verses. We spoke prayerfully his word over and over. I remember sitting in the the waiting room of the emergency department and speaking his word out. I remember going to ultrasounds and speaking his word out. I remember every time we have a shower, we would look up to the Bible verses that we printed off and stuck up on the wall and we would speak his word out. And that is how I moved past from my own understanding and with all my heart trusted God. And that is how I believe Hannah was able to return home. She trusted God. She trusted that he had heard her cries and requests for a child. Now, the story of Hannah should not be read as a promise that God will always remove infertility and other physical issues. But her story does underline the value of believing prayer. And whatever your need or desire or situation may be, I pray that Hannah's story does encourage you to pray, to trust God, but also to know his promises and what his word says so that you can speak it out and no longer rely on your own human understanding. Before I finish up, there is one last thing I feel we can learn from Hannah. The first was that Hannah prayed. Second, Hannah trusted God. And number three, Hannah praised. You know, Hannah gave Samuel his name, which means asked of God. Or in the Hebrew, the name actually sounds more like the phrase heard by God. It was a lasting reminder that God had heard her prayer, her cries, and he had granted her request. You know, she followed through on her promise and vow to God and gave Samuel to him. From verse 24, it says, when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. 
I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshipped the Lord there. Several years later, several. That's a long time. And just because God does answer our prayers and our situations improve, it doesn't mean that we should forget how much we depend on him and depended on him during that time. Nor should we become familiar with the answered prayer. You know, God, he isn't just a crutch to lean on to get us walking through life. No, he should be the hands that hold us when we walk through the valleys and he should be the wings that we ride on when we're on the mountains, amen? God deserves to be praised and given the glory over and over again. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, Hannah then prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Every time Hannah looked at Samuel, she was reminded that God heard and answered her prayer. Every time his name was spoken, glory was given to God because he heard Hannah's cries. What is your story? What is your testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness in your life? Do you remember them? Do you remember them often? Do you think of them? And does it bring up praise and thanks and glory to God? You know, every time I see Elliot and Roger, I am thankful. They drive me a little bit crazy sometimes, but I am thankful. I'm so thankful that he heard my prayer and he gave me these children. And I'm so thankful that even though it was a painful experience that I wish upon no one, I am thankful I went through that experience because it was during that time where I was able to grow in my understanding of prayer and how to trust and depend on God like never before. Let us remember when God has answered our prayers, you know, our prayers for work and when we've needed financial covering, our prayers for a sick loved one that has gotten better, our prayers for a child. And let us be thankful and give God the praise and the glory for who he is and what he's done. Amen. God is faithful and he is good. He is good. And if you are listening right now and you were there in that place of heartache and pain and you need God, I encourage you, pour out your heart to him. Go to him. Pray. He cares for you. That's what his word says. It said, give your worries and your cares to him because he does care for you. And cling to the promises in his word and trust him with all of your heart. You know, perhaps you need to spend some time in prayer today with God or even find some Bible verses and write them down so that you can speak them out over and over again. But if you are in that place, I would love to pray for you right now. 
Lord, I thank you for your word today, your word of encouragement. And Lord, I know that life is very real, full of ups and downs and pain and distress and sometimes things that are well out of our control. And it, 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 it hurts, God, it hurts. And I know that you do care for us. And so I pray, Lord, Lord, for those that are in that place of pain, I pray that they would take a step and draw near to you. Lord, I pray that you would um, hear their prayer, that you would hear their cry. I pray that you would comfort them. You would be close to them. Like you said in Psalm 34, that you are close to those who are brokenhearted. And there is a promise that you rescue us when we're crushed in spirit. And so I pray that these people who are feeling in pain, that are feeling in sorrow and that, God, where are you? I, I have this need. I have this desire. And God, please, I pray, Lord, that you would just be so present, your love, your, your, your comfort, your spirit would wash over them. You would draw near to them, Lord, that you would strengthen them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, help them to find verses of the Bible that they can cling to and speak prayerfully over and over again. And Lord, that they would be given peace that which goes beyond all their understanding and that they would be confident to get up and get on with their day. And Lord, I thank you that you do hear our prayers and we give you all the praise and the glory and honor for you alone are worthy and our rock. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if there is someone listening, and watching today and you say, Maria, I can't go to God in prayer because I don't know him. Well, I have such good news for you because to know God is to know Jesus. And despite every human having lived their own life and having sin, God sent his son Jesus from heaven to earth and he died on the cross taking the penalty of our sins. And it's in his resurrection that we can receive forgiveness and invite him into our lives. And we begin to walk daily in friendship with him and we secure our eternity in heaven. All it takes to have all of that is to pray a simple prayer and to have the confession of this belief with our words. And I would love to pray this right now with you. Dear Jesus, I pray to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin. I give my heart to you. I believe in you. I believe you came and that you gave your life on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again. And today I receive by faith your forgiveness and friendship. I thank you that I will enter heaven one day and be with you forever. Help me on this journey of following you. Amen. If you prayed that today, please let us know by filling out an online connect card or reaching out via our social media as we would love to get in touch with you and help you on this journey of knowing Jesus. And look, if you do have any prayer needs or requests that you would like Simon and I to stand alongside you and pray and believe with you for, please, there's an option on our website to fill those um, prayer requests out. So please do that because we would love to support you with prayer. Well, I do pray that today's word has encouraged you and I hope all the mums have the most wonderful day feeling appreciated and loved. Thank you for joining us for church and happy Mother's Day.